We are again in Luke chapter 5. These scriptures that we read each Sunday, they tell us about a mysterious realm of existence that's beyond this one that we live within each day. It's a realm, though it can't be seen with our natural eyes, it forms the backdrop and it influences all of the things that take place over here where we live, where we have our being in these natural realms. But for those of us who have our eyes on Christ, we do have eyes to see and ears to hear. That's what he asks of the disciples. He says, you who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And we do. We have eyes to see and ears to hear. And as our faith in the Lord Jesus continues to grow, you and I will more and more be able to see and to recognize. And by the way, that word see is a very important word. And I'll touch on it perhaps today, but in, in messages coming up. The more we grow in the Lord, the more we'll be able to see and to recognize the presence and the influences of that other realm as it interacts with ours in this natural realm. For today, as we read and study these words of this passage, I want you to think carefully about what's being said. And you'll discover things within these words about that other realm that you never knew before. We must always dedicate ourselves to reading these scriptures very slowly and allowing the Holy Spirit time to explain them to us. So, turn with me, if you would, to chapter 5 of Luke, and I'll begin with verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed against him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. The natural mind of man struggles to comprehend and to explain such things as these. These people, these conditions, these events, that while taking place within the natural realm of existence, they're clearly outside the borders of the natural. The things that we read about here in these scriptures clearly come from a realm of their own, a spiritual realm where the limitations that restrict us in our natural realm don't exist. But then as natural men and women, we do want so much to understand such things. And we are provoked to try to understand them. But try as we may, we have these limitations 
on our natural intellect. And we're only able to meet with some limited success in figuring out what was taking place. It's strange and difficult to even imagine that there's another realm that is swirling all about us right now, different from our own. Can you imagine that? It's very difficult for me to, but it's true. It's true. But you and I can only think from our own abilities with our natural mind, and we can only conceive that which our natural mind can figure out. Now, some of the better-known scientists, they speak about those unexplainable realms, and they call them other dimensions. And while they are not at all in the same category as these supernatural realms, there is some validity to the way they're thinking, but they don't know it. They've come up with the wrong answers. And for most ordinary people, the problem is just a lot more basic than that. Too often we simply believe that if we are not able to see it, if we're not able to touch it, or somehow perceive it with any of our other senses, it just isn't there. I can't count the number of times I've heard people say things like that. But thankfully, those struggles are not nearly as difficult for those of us who are born-again Christians. And I want to emphasize born-again Christians, because when that takes place in our life, suddenly we're able to see things that we couldn't see before. As we, through faith, come to believe in Christ as our Savior and as our Lord, we begin immediately to realize that there really is more beyond this natural realm that we live in. We begin to realize that all these things that we see and touch and perceive with our senses, they only skirt the edges of real existence. We begin to realize that the existence that we can see around us is just the surface of a much larger realm, a realm where the risen Christ lives and moves and has his special being, the realm of the supernatural. Folks, that supernatural realm that's spoken about is the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God that Jesus brought with him as he came to live among us. That kingdom of God is the one that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about. You might recall the words he said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The natural mind will never be able to see that other realm, that kingdom of God. And it's only as we are born again, things change. We now have eyes to see and ears to hear. When Jesus came to this earth, he bridged that gap between the supernatural and the natural. And as he walked the earth, he demonstrated his ability to actually intermix the two with ease. And we'll see that in these scriptures that we just read. To intermix the natural realm with the supernatural realm. And not only with his miracles though, but he did that in most of just his daily activities. But you have to read carefully into these scriptures to see that taking place. Here in our scripture for today, we see where Jesus was able to simply ignore the natural boundaries and do with matters as if the natural realm and the spiritual realm were one and the same. Because for him, they are the same. He lives in both realms. And then note carefully how he very easily 
interweaves the two realms. And he does that first in the beginning words of this chapter, verse 1. Listen to these. We studied this last week in the message. Verse 1, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Simple words. As we said in our message last week, this irresistible need within these people's hearts that caused them to press up against Jesus so close and they wanted to, so much to hear what is described here as the Word of God. That irresistible need was not just curiosity, as so many people would like to explain it as being. But rather, we learned last week in John six forty four, where Jesus said, No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. What does that mean? It means those people were not there pressing up against Jesus, wanting to hear what he had to say just because they were curious. Now, they may have had some curiosity flowing through their minds, but that was not the real reason that they were there that day pressing so closely to the Lord Jesus. They were drawn there, mysteriously drawn there, by the irresistible supernatural power of God. The barrier between the natural them and the supernatural was breached by the Holy Spirit. And though these people could not perceive it through any of their natural senses, that drawing, that irresistible unction from the Holy Spirit was taking place within their hearts. And they were pressing close to Him. Again, those words, No one can come to me except my Father draw them. Folks, logic and science will never be able to explain such things as the unction of God's Holy Spirit. Also, another way that the supernatural realm reached into our natural world and overcame its natural limitations is found in verse 3. Verse 3, we read, Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Simple words again, but filled with mystery. Just consider the circumstances of that situation. This is no small lake. It was an inlet off the Sea of Galilee, which you literally cannot see across. It is a huge lake. I have no idea how big the boat was that Jesus was speaking about, but it was not small. We have been on the Sea of Galilee, and those boats that they say are the size of Peter's boat, they're quite large. They held several men each day. At one point... This boat held all of the disciples plus Jesus as he was sleeping there in the boat. You'll recall that circumstance. It also held the large nets and would store a whole day's catch of fish. So it was likely that that boat was, say, 20 to 30 or more feet long, which meant that as it was pushed off from the shore, Jesus was probably at least 20 to 50 feet away, further than the back wall of this church. And it also tells us that there was a multitude of people there, a crowd. So that would push them further and further away. But still we read these simple words that Jesus sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. In telling us that Jesus just sat down and taught the people, it makes a simple statement that it was a relaxed form of teaching. No yelling so that the people in the back of the crowd could hear. Just calm teaching. Jesus had no microphone as I do. He had no public address system with speakers. The noise of the water itself was loud. 
and he had no natural means of projecting his voice enough to get past all of that distance and that ambient noise. This is a symbol, but it's a profound example of the way that in Jesus, the natural realm was overcome by the power of the supernatural. The outside air does not have good acoustics. Only the power of the supernatural can intervene and make it possible for the multitudes of people to hear Jesus' words. The same Holy Spirit who drew these people to come to Jesus, they also enable the ears of those people to hear His words plainly. And I have no doubt that that same mysterious enabling took place every time Jesus spoke to the people, especially when He spoke to large crowds. And He did that often. He and the disciples would sit down on the mountainside and He would teach. And the people were all spread out. But yet they all heard His word. The supernatural coming in, invading the natural and bringing it all to be as God wanted it to be. Another example of the supernatural realm reaching into this natural realm and overcoming its limitations is seen here also in this miraculous catch of fish. And you'll recall, Jesus did this a couple of times for them. But in this situation, this circumstance, the fish had not been there all night. They would not naturally be there now. But that didn't matter. The power of the Most High God was at work and nothing could limit his show of might and strength. And Jesus said to Peter, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Folks, Jesus did not perform his miracles miscellaneously or for theatrical show. He had a purpose for each of his miracles. When doing another miracle, Jesus said that he did his miraculous deeds so that people could see them and know that he also had the power to forgive sin. And I have no doubt that even this miracle would have gone towards teaching those disciples that Jesus has the power to forgive sin. And then notice here the natural reluctance of the human mind on the part of Peter. Trying to understand what was taking place, but using only natural intelligence. These words, verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now Simon Peter was a professional fisherman, probably with a lifelong knowledge of fishing, and especially within those familiar waters. And Peter was trying to insert his natural intellect into what would become a very unnatural event. But thankfully, thankfully, Peter did not hesitate very long. He said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. Folks, this is the pathway to a natural man being able to do his part in bridging that gap between the natural and the supernatural realms. It's surrender. Surrender. Let me say it again. This is the pathway that we can, with our natural minds, begin to do our part in bridging that gap between the supernatural and the natural. It's surrender. Simple surrender. Surrender of our will, of our understanding, 
of our heart, of our soul. Simple surrender of our natural way of thinking. Peter surrendered his natural intellect to the spiritual power of Jesus. And a miracle took place right there in front of him. Let me ask you all. Do you think that it might be possible that you have prevented the Lord Jesus from doing a miraculous thing in your life simply because you did not surrender your natural way of thinking into his supernatural powers? I do believe that I probably have done that, that I might have inhibited his miracles probably more often than I can imagine. In another place in Scripture, we can read the words, Jesus did not do many miracles in that area because of the unbelief of the people. Our lack of belief can somehow inhibit the power of Jesus to do miracles. Now, that doesn't seem possible. That meager and lowly man could inhibit the power of the Almighty God. But it's true. Because God often subjects and limits himself to the degree of faith that you and I have in him. How often do we read there in the Gospels where Jesus would say the words, be it according to your faith. He said that often, be it according to your faith. We need to seriously ask ourselves the question, do we, do you, do I limit Jesus and his supernatural power through a lack of faith on my part, your part? Our faith is another way that we can bridge that gap between the natural realms and the supernatural realm. Now, thankfully, Peter didn't limit the miraculous power of the Lord Jesus. And he was greatly blessed. Listen to these words. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Peter surrendered and he was greatly blessed. That's all he needed to do was surrender. And he was greatly blessed. And we find that this surrender was at work in Peter on so many other occasions within these scriptures. Recall the time when Peter looked out from the boat and he saw Jesus walking on the water. Now Peter knew that it was not possible through natural means for Jesus to walk on the water. But it had to be taking place through supernatural power. But Peter was willing, as Jesus commanded him, to surrender and to step out onto the water. Peter said to him, Lord, Command me to come out and I'll come to you. And Peter did. He stepped out onto the water. Unfortunately for Peter, as he did often, his faith eventually waned and he began to sink. But folks, Peter was getting a special message from God that would really empower him later on to do so many things that he would not have otherwise done. Peter was beginning to learn that surrender to the Lord Jesus and to his commands was all that God required of him. And yes, again, Peter did falter at times, sometimes very badly. But listen, Peter was learning. Peter was learning. And that's what he wants from us. I found that too often we Bible teachers ourselves will mistakenly try to insert 
some natural into the supernatural by trying to guess or insinuate what Peter or one of the other disciples may have been thinking in one situation or another. And that's sometimes important because God did filter all of the words of the gospel through the gospel writers' minds. But listen, with all of that said, we need to always remind ourselves that even with the words of God being filtered through the minds of those writers, these words still turn out to be the pure and unsullied truth of God, infallible, God's very breath. And with that being true, we can know with assurance that God has simply bridged the gap between the natural and the supernatural, bringing about the perfect will of God. And praise the Lord for that. So then, for you and me, as we read these words, yes, the supernatural things of God are not easily believed by us. They are, in fact, very difficult most of the time because they're odd to our senses. But folks, that must not keep us from the obedience that God is calling you and me to have. We may not understand a situation that we're involved in, but if we'll simply take that next step that the Lord wants us to take, then He'll bless us. You and I need to learn to obey even and especially when the things that we're being urged to do by the Holy Spirit, when they don't make sense to our natural mind, that what we need to do is simply surrender and obey Surrender and obedience must be our response. Now finally, as we come to a close today, note here also the great fear and trembling and humility that came to Peter's heart when he saw this miracle. Verse 8, when Peter saw it, this great catch of fish, he fell down at Jesus' knees and he said to Jesus, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. When Peter witnessed this awesome miracle, he was overcome with fear and humility. He knew that he was in the presence of the Almighty God. And he gave the only response he could give, and that was to have great fear and great reverence and obedience. Folks, that must be the same with you and me. It needs to be the same with you and me. When God chooses to do a supernatural work in our circumstances, and He does them often, we must first be able to recognize that it's God's almighty hand at work. And we need to look for that. And then we must do as Peter did and fall down before Him with great fear and humility, giving glory to God for His generous blessings to us. And I urge you and me to surrender every circumstance of our daily life, those common circumstances of our daily life, to the Lord Jesus and to allow Him to regularly bridge that gap between the natural and the supernatural in these circumstances. And as we do that, we need to acknowledge, as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us, we need to acknowledge that it really is His hand at work and all that's taking place. And if we'll do that, I know that we'll be blessed beyond measure. Let me close with these words from that blessed hymn, I Surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him, and in His presence daily live. Let's pray.